Are you ever curious what's going on behind the scenes in Hollywood? You watch a Netflix show or a Marvel movie and you wonder, why was that person in it? Why did this movie get made? I'm Matt Bellany, founding partner of Puck News, and I'm covering the inside conversation about money and power in Hollywood. With my new show, The Town, on the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm going to take you inside Hollywood with exclusive insight on what people in show business are actually talking about. Multiple times a week, we're going to bring you short, digestible episodes featuring some of the smartest people I know breaking down the hottest topics in entertainment to tell you what's really going on. Follow The Town now and listen on Spotify. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Answer Podcast. Uh, we do not have Chris Ryan here with us today, but we have the one man who has featured Steph Draymond and Kevin Durant in the last calendar year, in the last six months, actually. Logan Murdoch, welcome to the Answer. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm vibing. I got my Magic Johnson coaster for this episode, so I'm just I'm vibing. Yeah. You know? I don't know if people can see that, but I have I have it here yeah you got the the winning time coaster yeah great show awesome show today we're gonna dive into i think the psychology of superstars the the state of the modern superstar but we're also very lucky in that we're having an nba history renaissance moment right now organically we've got winning time going on we got icons club i'm in my like just the psychology of great people sort of big right now so i'm super hyped to talk about your kevin durant feature that just came out came out yesterday right came out on thursday yeah yeah and we were talking before this and we just love we we both love the place that kevin durant is in right now so tell us a little bit about that i was very surprised because i hadn't seen kevin prior to this since Toronto 2019 I hadn't seen like I hadn't seen him we talked like a little bit but I hadn't seen him and I was fully expecting him to be very frustrated very mad very moody and all the above and then I talked to him and he's like the most zen out I have ever seen him 
since covering him. And I've been around him for about nine, ten years now. And it was the like the most I've seen him just be chill. And it was it was pretty cool. I was I was happy to see that he was in a good place. It seemed like he was in a nice little bag. Yeah. Which is surprising considering all of the hoopla around the Nets this season, but it seems like he's learning the important lesson that you just can't control everything. But I thought it was really interesting because it's like a different version of Zen than I think you'd like expect from people. Like he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm still going to talk shit on Twitter. He had that thing. Like, I think it was like a week ago. I think I saw it. I think I saw it on TikTok actually. Like there was a fan that was just talking shit to him. He was saying like, Katie, you need to take over the game. And Katie's like, I think you need to actually just shit, sit down yeah. and shut the fuck up. I was at that game. I'm pretty sure that was a Spencer Dinwiddie game when Spencer Dinwiddie hit the three to, to, uh, to win the game but before that like kevin went on like a rampage down the stretch so after he told the dude to shut the fuck up he goes toe-to-toe with luca and it's like one of the great displays in regular season basketball history it was really good so for him to do that and just be chilling and then after that clip surfaced he quote tweeted the clip with like a meme like damn i gotta give bread back to the league like i know i'm gonna have to give a fine so he's like it's a person that is like just handing money like in shame like damn i've been caught and that just speaks to where kevin is right now where you see all these superstars you see the lebrons you see the Giannis's, you see the warriors you see all these people that are trying to take control of every situation that they're in right now. When you see that, and historically speaking, you've seen stars do that. He's kind of taking a step back, which can, you know, result in some catastrophes. You know, it could result, it could go bad, but he's chilling right now. Like he's vibing right now. It's, it's, it's interesting to see. Is this just like superstar exposure therapy kind of where everything he does is going to get criticized and talked about anyway so he's just learned well the piece is called Kevin Durant is learning to let go but it's almost like you just he had no choice like it's just always going to be like this and if he wants to be himself and the same kind of goes for Kyrie right like there was a place and you talk to Kyrie for the story we'll talk about that friendship for sure but there is a point in the story where Katie was saying, you know, Kyrie is who he is. And the problem is really just that, like, people don't want to accept him for who he is. Yeah. And Katie is kind of in a similar place, too. We're like, oh, like, get, get, like, stop, you know, stop tweeting and doing all this stuff. In reality, like, one thing about Katie, and this goes for Kyrie, too, none of that stuff has ever been able to seep onto their on court play. Like, you could hypothetically make a case for some guys where like, oh, they, you know, they start trash talking and then they get in their head and like it changes like their emotional relationship with the game. And it's like for him, it's always seemed to channel itself in healthy ways, at least for like on court. I would push back on like it doesn't affect their on court play. I think it does affect their on court play, specifically Kevin. I don't I haven't been around Kyrie enough to know, but specifically with Kevin, it does affect his on court play, but in a constructive way. Right. I, I take. The game, I forgot who they played, the Warriors played after the news came out about him and Draymond. But he scored like 50 points, right? Like he was just in a zone. So he's better. Yes, he's better when he gets called out of his name or called out in general. But like the biggest stars and the ones that we all remember are the ones that respond constructively to criticism because they always get affected by it because they all read the shit. I go back to, it's not just Kevin, go back to like our winning time, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the, I think the 84 finals after the Memorial Day massacre goes and they called him washed. They called him all these things. What does he do? He goes out in game two and beats the Celtics, right? Same with like 
Magic with Tragic Johnson. He they channel it differently. That separates like these super duper duper stars from like the really really good players. And Kevin and Kyrie is have mastered that. The great ones mastered. There is a you've seen episode four, right? Yeah. A lot of people listen to this on on Monday, so episode five will be out by then. So this is going to be the second last episode for most people, but. There was like this moment where Kareem is riding in the car. This is a montage where like everybody's kind of riding in the car and they are listening to different versions of the criticism that they're all getting and riding training camp. And they're all like, there's certain, there's different varying levels of nervousness. Like Norm Nixon and Magic both kind of think they deserve the starting spot. And they're kind of like, Magic's like talking at the radio in this way of like, ooh, I'm going to get you. Norm, you can tell, is a little bit more stressed. Kareem is just silent. And, you know, there's a woman riding with him in the car saying like oh i'll change it to something else and he's just like leave it he's like i want to embrace this yeah (laughs) you sicko (laughs) it's really hilarious because sports especially professional sports and american professional sports is the only avenue in like life where you're constantly getting criticized to your face subliminally Mm -hmm. you know like every time it's some subliminally but like always like these guys all they do is they watch NBA Today and they watch First Take and then they watch Countdown before they go play. They read and look at themselves constantly. You've been in locker rooms before. Before it was NBA Today, it was a jump. Before it was, it was they always got ESPN on. And it's only it's either going to put you one or two ways. It's going to put you in a Zen mode. Like for now, it's put Kevin and it'll make you be out like fictional Norm Nixon where you're just wilding. The Norm Nixon thing is funny because we know his he's eventually going to get traded. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, maybe people that on winning time don't notice, but, like, he doesn't see it through. <laughs> the moment I realized it was really good was, like, after the first episode, I was like, man, I really hope they draft yeah. Magic. Like, yeah. Magic. <laughs> like, like, we already don't right. know. <laughs> right, right, But um, it's funny just how you're able to evolve with these things because I think Kevin just doubled down on everything he's always done. And I can respect that in a lot of ways. I think that... He was a bit unsure of himself in OKC and also in Golden State. And I think now that, you know, just from my vantage point and knowing him for a minute, he's just chilling. He just wants to be a part of the conversation. He wants to be just a normal person like everybody else, which is something he's always wanted. But I think he's more comfortable in his skin at 33. Yeah. Well, you also profiled Steph. That was, I think, late February, right? Yeah. I think Steph is like what I think a lot of people look at and say like, oh, like that's what it looks like to be at peace with all this stuff, right? Which in in, in his case totally is, right? Like he has this relationship with criticism that just seems a little bit different, right? It's not to say that it doesn't bristle him or anything, but I think there's almost like this sort of like subconscious thing happening where when people are saying that to Katie, like, hey, like why, why, like the online stuff or just like the, the talking shit stuff where it's, it's almost like saying like, why don't you process things more like him, right? And maybe that's where some of the self-doubt came from. Maybe not even necessarily for him. It's a very common thing in our society right now to want to process things in like the most positive possible way. I think for, for KD, it's almost like he's he's gotten to this place of like, no, I actually do have a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Like if you talk to me, I'm going to talk back. And that's yeah. like the best way for me to do it. And I don't really care if you think that it's wrong. And I think we have a lot of like fake Zen going on right now where two people are like bothered by stuff, but they don't want to act bothered. So it's like they just like hold it all in. And that's when I think things can get bad. Like, I think that's why Kevin in general is like, I mean, even with through all the Twitter stuff, I think he's 
most he's universally loved because he feels like someone you know. Yeah, he's an actual. He's a he presents himself as an actual person. Yeah, and like I would say this, and they're both like great people to to like cover and things like that. But Steph, there always seems to be a barrier. I think we talk about this all the time, I, I, and I've told Kevin this and Steph. Like, I think Steph is like Michael Jackson, and I think that Kevin is Marvin Gaye when it comes to stardom, right? Where if you go look out, like, you can go out and touch Marvin. You know, you, Marvin will be out on the street, you know? Michael is just, like, on a different plane of fame where – yeah, he's outside, but it's just it's just different. And there's a lot that has to go into like the maintenance of the persona. Exactly, right? And you you always feel like you know Kevin, you don't always feel like you know Steph even after he's given you so much, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that was a lesson I learned in both of them. It felt like when I was talking to Kevin, it was, you know, you're seeing someone, you know, it's just an updated time. I'm going to go see this person. When you see Steph, it's like, oh, shit, it's Steph. It's just different. I don't know how to, I'm, try, I'm just doing the stream of consciousness, but it's just different between those two people. Yeah, well, it seems like that's what KD wants to be, too. Like, he wants to be able to walk around and just be himself and not have to be, well, you know, he's obviously 6'11". I'm sure that's got to be difficult for him. He's not Steph famous, but he's still, he's still really famous. But it seems like he almost prefers that. Yeah, and what's funny, because, like, when I was at his crib doing the piece and, like, watching the, uh, like, reporting it out, I don't know if I put it in the story enough, but it's, like, house is very massive. And it has every amenity that someone would need. But I couldn't help but think, like, I can go outside and like go chill and you know, I can just be me and have my anonymity. But when Kevin goes outside, like he has to have all his amenities like right here because he's never going to blend in. He's never not going to be Kevin Durant. Like the house might be big, but this is the square footage that he has to exist in. So it better be big. Exactly. Whereas even Steph, like as famous as he is, is, you know, like six, three, you know, he, he, he looks like another normal. He just put a hoodie on and stuff like that. And he'll be, yeah. he could be fine for a little bit. Sunglasses, mask up. Exactly. But I don't know. It just felt weird to see, like knowing that I could leave and that I know Kevin can't go anywhere because he's always going to be KD. Man. One thing that's really stood out in the last few weeks to me has just been, the profound loneliness of the experience of being a superstar. The superstar is the original sad boy. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of an interesting thing too, right? Like we are now in this moment where I think there's like concern about the, the trajectory of like the millennial superstar and like, why are they sad? And you know, Katie's talked about this too. Like, why are so many people obsessed with my mental health right now? Right? Like, why are people trying to figure out whether or not I'm happy? Yeah. That's just a weird thing to experience in general. Like going back and listening to like icons club they just dropped like the dream team episode today right just started that really good yeah i haven't finished it yet but right now it's in this place where this is the first time that a lot of these superstars were interacting with each other this is 1992 and larry and, and magic had by then developed a relationship um but it was because of a converse commercial that they did together that like you know like it there was a lot leading up to that commercial like could have made it not happen and they seem to have like a lot of genuine animosity towards each other at the time and the thing that really sticks out to me in that and then the showtime doc as well too like where they're in training camp and there's like these scuffles going on and there's like different clicks is that the stars of the past just didn't seem to trust each other in the same way that they do now like that's kind of what icons club is essentially about right it's about the few that could understand what this experience is like 
And at that time, it seemed like it took some sort of moment for Magic and Larry, for example, for them to realize that they actually had way more in common and that they could be kind of confidants to each other and that like nobody else was going to understand what they were going through. And, you know, it seems like they kind of, mo- like even to provide guidance and stuff, like, you know, the retired players would wait until they were retired. And that seems to kind of be over, right? Like there is an understanding, you know, from Kevin Durant's part of like, yeah, James Harden didn't want to be part of this team anymore. And that is what it is. And I can't take it personally. And he understands that because he's been in that position before. It made me think about the all-star selection this year with KD and LeBron on TNT and how KD was just so not into it at all like you know it was right after the Harden trade and you know like the TNT guys are going to try to troll Katie and try to get him to say something he just comes in completely straight face and he looks like you know you can read that as a little bit miserable but to me it kind of like to me that read is like he knows what's going to happen here he knows that they want him to say something about Harden or maybe Kyrie and he's decided that you know whatever he might do privately like like in your piece like there's there is a there's a line that you know Kyrie says like yeah no he talked to me about the the fact that I wasn't playing because of the vaccine like I know like you know like he was frustrated we talked about it but he wasn't gonna go out and publicly say anything like there is like this sort of understanding that they have of each other and that to me I, I think that develops way earlier now than it did for like the previous stars. It's funny because it gets romanticized that you know these stars didn't talk to each other in the eighties and the seventies and yeah, the big- yeah. also I think we forget like. Back then, before we were born, because you know me and you were like twelve, before we were a long time before we were born, they were sending letters since like in eighty five to each other, right? Like they weren't talking on. It was hard to get someone on the phone back then, right? It was so hard. Mm-hmm. So you were a lot more tribal back then. Whereas, I think Kevin's a great case study of this. You could holla at anyone, and you're still going to be homies, like. We're in an era where there's there's so many like long distance friendships and relationships because you can talk to anybody mm-hmm. at any moment, right? And I think that that's just the the natural evolution. But when it comes to more understanding, yeah, like it's easier to understand this level of superstardom right now because we feel a lot closer to it. Like you, we feel a lot closer to this uh, Kevin Durant superstardom because he's ever present than we do about like Steph Curry's who's like on a different planet of stardom, if that makes sense. Mm. It's just different. It's, yeah. it's different. Like Steph's stardom is on the, like the old school stardom, like the Whitney Houston stardom, you know, like you're a star for whatever reason. That's how it was. There was no version of just like being yourself. Right. Yeah. And I think that like, and I think the one thing I try to get across the piece, Kevin is like one of those guys. And this is just me, you know, like speaking what I think, I think he's one of those guys that wants to be one of the guys, but his talent dictates that he'll never be one of the guys. He could never do mm-hmm. it because he's so good. Only other person that understands him is probably like Le- at this league right now is probably LeBron or Steph, right? Like that's probably in mm-hmm. Giannis. That's probably it, right? And you can't talk to them every single day. But those are the only people that can like really relate to his combination of skill and star. Yeah, or Kyrie Irving. Or Kyrie Irving. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know if you'd like necessarily relate that much to a guy like Giannis, who has not been criticized the way that that KD has, who hasn't done the thing of leaving, and then you know like all the all the things that that, that come with that too. Yeah, for sure. It was funny. I was interested. Like we're talking about Kevin and Kyrie's relationship. I was was fast. I'm fascinated by it. It's something that, like, I was very surprised because, again, 
I'm thinking because, and I said this to Kevin when we were interviewing, I'm like, yo, if Raja like went to half of my, to the podcast, I would be pissed and not fuck with him. Right. I told Kevin that I'm like, how does that work with you and Kyrie? And he's like, yo, man, what you see is what you get with Kyrie. I had to accept that this is the journey that he's going on. And when I tell you they look like BFFs in like in Memphis, they look they look it seemed like a big ass family. And I was very surprised by that. Yo, like this is the place where of all of their collective decisions that I feel like I can understand the absolute most. There's like, okay, there's winning rings, right? But yeah. there's winning rings with your best friend. And like doing anything with your best friend. No, actually just playing with your best friend. Anything yeah. with your best friend. Just my, my threshold for things that I would allow my best friend to do or just discomfort that I would go through for the sake of my best friend. Obviously, you care about that person a lot. But yeah, I would give up a ring or two. Fuck yeah. Why not? Right? Yeah. Like that's, that, that's the dream. For sure. That's the dream. That doesn't make you any less competitive. That makes you human, bro yeah because i think he learned that i think and you know i'm speaking for him now but i think kevin learned that lesson in golden state where he was like yo we won two rings we were dominant and i still like this shit still wasn't like what i thought it was gonna be it still wasn't that yeah so i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go to brooklyn and what the where the vibes are that kind of gets to i think what seems to bristle people about katie is that he's honest about the fact that winning isn't the most satisfying thing and i don't think that's like a new phenomenon like like watching this documentary for example right like every trouble that these characters are going through early right now before they've proven anything i think what we're learning is that winning is not what is going to solve those issues winning is what masks the fact that they have issues that they need to deal with hold on can we just let's just drop that bar that was that was hard this needs a moment of silence because that was that was a bar. No, but for real though, like you know, you have you have like Jerry Buss who is just, you know, he can't have a real relationship with his daughter. Like he couldn't have a real relationship with his wife because he runs away from, you know, any anything negative, right? Like that's that. Like we put now we put everything in a me- like in a mental health lens. So now we act like mental right. health is a new thing, right? But like there's a moment where Jerry is like kind of realizing that or not realizing, but like he's kind of he's being told that the financial forecast of this team is not excellent, right? And he's doing like the happy go lucky Jerry bus thing. Also, side note, could you imagine like the Lakers were not financially stable at a point? The Los Angeles Lakers with Kareem and Magic. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, they were gonna be the Los Angeles Ducks at that moment. So he he like figures that out and he tries to do this happy-go-lucky thing he's like oh i'm gonna go cannonball in the pool i gotta get this butter off of me right and then he drops into the pool and he's just screaming like he's just screaming he just doesn't want anybody else to see that but he's stressed out and that is toxic positivity right there it's funny whenever you see a dynasty and this is something that i do there's like the youtube where you look at every celebration at the end of like you know like the last 30 seconds of every finals mm-hmm. game, right? Every like clinching finals game. All the answer listeners, go do me a favor. If there's a dynasty, look at how less excited they are with every title. Yeah, that last Golden State title. Exactly. That last Golden State title. They were like shaking hands. It was like a golf celebration. Because all it is is like, you're just like prolonging the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Of like That's why it's hard to win so much because the first one is like, yeah, we did it. We can't believe we did it. Back to back is like, oh, we're relieved. Like look at the Lakers back to back, the three-peat of the early 2000s. It's not as fulfilling mm-hmm. as many times as you do it. I don't know what the anecdote to that is. Like, 
what is winning now? What is winning? I don't know. I think I just went on a tangent. Was it ever like this thing that did all the, like, or do we just think about it differently now? Do we actually like question the drive behind the people who are successful? I think what we get romanticized so much in what fame and status and awards will give us and like you said it masks the fact that we got some fucked up shit in our life yeah i think it was the second episode but there's this scene of magic johnson at night alone at his apartment and you know the t- he's kind of alienated by the by the team you know basketball hasn't really started yet so he doesn't have that it's summer you know his cookie won't talk to him and like there's a lot of there's a lot of people who want something from him around him. He can have all the sex in the world that he wants to. That's fine. But like he's calling his family and they're going to church. And you can tell in that moment. You can tell right in that moment that that was a young person that really desperately just needed somebody to talk to who was trying to gather his bearings in a situation that he'd never been in before and just didn't really know what to do. Like he was just he was lost, right? When you think about that magic scene, there's another scene that happened in the last episode with him and Cookie where he just like disrespected Cookie's life and that wasn't cool. That was not cool. It was not cool fictional magic. Mm -mm. But um, I think another thing though, like and this relates to magic and Kevin, where like, and most athletes from a certain demographic i would just say you know people from humble backgrounds right you get told this whole time throughout your life yo man you go to the league and all your problems will be fixed you go to the league you get all this money you can you can buy our way out the crib that's what you have to believe in order to wake up every day right right like that's what you have to tell yourself i'll say even from my perspective you get and we we talk about this offline we don't got to get too much into it but like you know you wanted something so much for so long and then you get it and then you're like well, now what? Like, this shit ain't fulfilling. I still got, you know. Yeah, life's still your life. Yeah. And then you, a pandemic happens. And I think that, like, people see this right now. I think that has a lot to do with NBA and all these things. A pandemic happens, you got to stop and think. Like, oh, it ain't, as good, it ain't as good as we thought it was. Or it's not as good as we think it is. We have to get other shit right. Yeah, like, there's other things that are that are important that deserve attention, yeah. too. But, yeah, you know, like, it was crazy watching that. Because in, in, that, in that moment, I was like... Oh, yeah, like, you could use a therapist right now, right? Like, that would have been the move. Like, if Magic Johnson was playing in 2022, it would be like, oh, yeah. Like, this would be an excellent moment to have somebody to talk to about all of your feelings. I think about that every time I read about a star from a certain time. Like, what if Marvin Gaye had a therapist? Yeah, but would he would he have been Marvin Gaye, though? That That's kind of the, that's the question, yeah. right? Like, that that's, that's the thing that I think, you, like, we find ourselves, like, grappling yeah. with now, right? Like, is there something to you know, the darkness, right? Like somebody like Steph might not be as, he might not see things through that framework and be, and have like a more pure relationship with the game simply from the fact that he never needed anything from it. And like, that's just not the case for for a lot of these guys, right? For for most people. And he also had like a blueprint of like knowing how to handle certain situations because like he was been around the game for, like when you're around something since you were eight years old, you kind of know all the nuance of that. Whereas like anyone else wouldn't. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. 
But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerMBA. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerMBA right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I feel like the biggest takeaway I have from like all the the content in the last few weeks is just like, you know, there's always this question of, you know, why is a modern superstar like this? Why do they switch teams? Like, you know, why is Ben Simmons sitting out because of his mental health? Like in that, that goes like across sports too, right? Like there is a question about that right now. And the more that I watch these, the more I'm just like, man, like if it was socially or culturally acceptable for the athletes of the past to be doing those things or to have those resources, they would have because like we're just like we're, we're seeing some struggle right now people try to compare like especially nba and all these other like specifically the nba to its past and it's like bro it's apples and oranges they were flying commercial and fucking working out at high schools like magic johnson was trying to sit next to someone as tall as Sirius sohi on a plane and had no leg room like zero legroom. Yeah, I mean, I think next to me he'd be fine, but if he had to sit ne- next to you, it'd be be a problem. Like you and Magic, you can do. It. Be a lot of talking going on for sure. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> it was just a different time, though, right? But when you don't have access to these different things, it's different. It's just different. yeah. It's it, you're right. It is apples to oranges. It's just hard to com- compare. But yeah, I just I think like now that we we see things through a certain lens too. Like Jordan taking a break from basketball. I think I think everyone just accepted that sheerly because he won right yeah like he had already done the three rings but like if you look back now at his reasons it's like well he was grieving the death of his father sure and he kind of got sick of it like he was like i've i've kind of i've reached a mountaintop so i need to do something else right now he said this isn't fun anymore i went too much yeah and he's probably tired and there's just a level at which like i i think like he knew that his love for the game was just different than it was and that probably he wouldn't be able to dedicate himself to it the way that you know he was in the past and and that we call that burnout now yeah it's a modern phenomenon apparently right do people realize like how hard it is to do something the same time for like Le- that's why lebron's run is so special 
Because how do you do that? How do you continue to be great at that same level all the time? And we give him shit for taking two weeks off and going to Miami like two years ago. By the way, that ended up being great for him. Amazing. Great for the Cavs too. Like everyone. Yeah. I don't know. There's nothing new under the sun. Like there's new devices and like, you know, you deal with praise and, and like the backlash of that in a different way now than you used to. I got a question for you. Do you think that social media is, is like... Has it helped or hurt the modern day star? That's a really good question. I would say, like, it, you, see, you used to have TV in the newspaper, right? I guess you can get away from it, right? Like, now it's not, I mean, it's a 12-month league now, and even if you are on vacation somewhere, you don't necessarily get to be as anonymous. And you, you still have your phone, right? Like, you can't get away from things as easily as you used to. But the other end of that is there's also just, like, so many more resources to, like, connect with people who are like-minded and maybe going through, like, similar things as you. And like you said earlier, like, that's the reason these guys actually know each other. So maybe there's a level of community that's gained from that. Yeah. Any Anytime anybody's having, like, an uncomfortable feeling, they feel like they can't do anything, or they have to make, like, a hard decision. Like, it's just hard. It's easier to do it when you know that other people have done it before you or that they're feeling the same thing. Yeah. So maybe that's, like, part of the reason why, like, these athletes are now, instead of just you know putting rubbing some dirt on on it all the time like they are actually saying like hold up maybe i need to just take a step back right now i don't know that's like the society question is social media good for anybody i mean it's about to break up the utah jazz so you know that's a real thing it broke up the golden state warriors but would it have just been the media before that like if it was the 90s or like the early 2000s like kobe and Shaq broke up that's fair i just feel like with social now it's so in your face in a way that you could have you could have literally turned the television off or not have a newspaper subscription. Now, like, there's the aggregate of the aggregate and the aggregate of the aggregate, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're going to see – you could search your name now. Like, could you search your name in the newspaper? No. Could you search your name? If you didn't see a – if you didn't see a clip in 1995, you would have to wait or have someone tape it for you, bro. Like, there was no way you were going to see it unless you seeked it out. On socials, like – it's just it's a different thing right now like you're gonna see something about yourself it would google and all these things it's different do you think that somebody like kevin durant might now have a better relationship with you know just doing what he wants to do because of social media in a weird sort of roundabout way where he has dealt with it enough to just know that you can't win so you might as well just keep it moving and be you well i think that it's two things one i think he's more comfortable in his skin like, he still got burners. You know, he still has his Twitter page. But I think that it's one he's become more comfortable. And honestly, I think the discourse around him being on Twitter isn't as, like, live as it was when he was in Golden State. I, I think we don't appreciate how big of a spotlight Golden State put on everyone. Yeah, that's true. There's only one other team that can even be compared to, and that's the 90s Bulls. Um mm-hmm. And, like, it's just chiller now because no one cares as much about what – like, it's funny. It's it's cool when Kevin goes back and forth, but, like, it's I don't think it's as polarizing as when he was in the Bay. I was just thinking – like, thinking about your social media question, I wonder if the hyperexposure is actually what leads itself to comfort kind of across all platforms and the I'm way that people interact with social media now, too. Like, we just got out of a TikTok meeting, right? Yeah, I just never thought that that would come back full circle and be and be good for my job. But the way that you see people interact now, and it's it's been changing gradually over the years where we've come from, you know, a TV anchor being like this 
dignified like walter cronkite type of person to then like the tv anchor has like a little bit more personality and then you get to like like debate and people yelling at each other on tv it's a fabrication of a certain personality but like you kind of had more personas on tv and then with like youtube it just got more and more casual. It got more and more conversational. We are recording a podcast right now where we're just talking to each other the way that we would normally talk to each other. And I, th- I think there's just something to like where like when you're constantly surrounded by a camera, like I'm reading this book right now called, or I, I read, I'm rereading it because it's so good. It's called The Merits of Invisibility. And the author talks about seeing this group of students who actually became more engaged when the camera came on them. It wasn't like how like, I think we've kind of, gone through like the transition of you know before like when i had a camera on me like i'd be like oh get me get me out of here right yeah. like you start like i'd get stiff and stuff right and then like you slowly like in in media and you like you get over it but you see how younger people interact with you know being videotaped or like making a tiktok or just like making a snap story like they're they're purposefully choosing the worst possible angle of their face while not wearing makeup and just talking in like the voice that they normally have. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe that's what's kind of like happening with the modern athlete too, where they're just like, wait, come on. Like we can't care. It's just it's it's around too much. We can't actually care and like also live our lives the way we want to. I push back. I don't I think we're still in the age where the athletes care way too much. There's all there's a lot of clout chasing athletes out here. I'm not sure if you're aware. Even the stars. That's true. I mean, we live in a clout chasing world, right? Like it just maybe the way to get clout has changed. I don't know. I, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Like people are still people. Like here's another thing, man. Like there's clout everywhere. Like when it's just I think it's just a different way of how we do it now. We're in the age of the press release, the leaked or otherwise, right? Or mm-hmm. you know, I need the story out and I need to like I need to pr- to promote something. But it's weird, man, cuz and we're going off on a tangent right here, but I don't think we give enough credit to just how big it was when like first take came out in 2011 right and how just how much of a shift that was we went less from like going to like news gathering and things like that to opinionated stuff and we know this there's a lot of people that speak on a lot of stuff that they don't know or have second and third and fourth hand knowledge of and it's spoken of as gospel i think that's what we're dealing with now with stars is like they're beefing But everyone's of- onto it. Are they? If you're a sports fan, I think you're onto it. I think you know which reporter is plugged in with which player. That's what Reddit's trying to figure out. That's what the replies and like every sort of breaking news thing are trying to figure out is like, oh, like this, like you see it in everywhere. Like you see like, oh, like, oh yeah, like reported by Rich Paul or like whatever. Like there's just jokes and stuff. The more, I think the more you try to like put on the facade of all of that stuff, like the more people are just going to see through it. So what's the remedy to that? Do you think that we're getting back to like an evolved traditional media landscape? I, mean, I think it's fine. It's all theater. It doesn't really, like, we don't really need to do anything about it. It doesn't actually matter. But it's all gravy. It's all basketball, right? It's not like, you know, when this stuff happens, other fields maybe a bit more of a problem. Everybody who watches sports regularly is consuming a lot of media, right? Yeah. And through that, you develop a level of media literacy. Like, you just start to see certain patterns. To bring it around, Kevin has done that like has brought it all the way around he has actually tried now monetized this tweeting and, and content making through podcasting like everyone else has now like now everyone has a voice draymond has his own podcast uh, kevin has his own thing i'm not going to be surprised if lebron tries to do it in a few years right i wonder how that's going to be 
you know, with just interviewing on, like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm interested to see how, th- how that evolves. Because they talk so much. I'm going to say this. They talk so much shit about media and they want to just be us. Let's just, let's just put it for what it is. They want to be us. Well, they want to control the narrative. Like they want, they want to have their own say in, in what's going on and they have access to it now. That was one yeah. thing that struck me too while reading the profile was like the similarities between Durant and Draymond. Like obviously like they both have, they both have their own media platforms, right? Like they have interviewed each other <laughs> and that was also, that was in your Draymond story. Just like, can that get in the way of what the Warriors are trying to build when, when Draymond and Katie had yeah. that conversation kind of going back and going through like the spat that they had on the court that seemed to sort of precipitate everything that happened and yeah it's like you know it became a story for a second for sure um but yeah just like yeah i don't know give me your thoughts on the similarities between those guys honestly i think that the more i know now i think more than anything draymond just embarrassed kevin one time and maybe it was the cherry on top of how Kevin was feeling, but I don't think it was the end-all, be-all, like if you know those two guys. They're still really cool, right? But I think right now they recognize in the same way that Shaq and Kobe, or more so Shaq than Mm -hmm. Kobe, but in the way that Shaq recognized that, like, yo, this shit is going to sell no matter what. We might as well get a piece of it, you know? This alleged beef that we have is always – like that moment in L.A. is going to live in infamy. And I think that they realize that. And whether they're cool or not, they know that that shit is going to mm-hmm. sell. And I think that that's something that they've that they've that they've just they're going to monetize. In terms of like them being the same, seizing the means of production. Yeah, I think in one, I think they're I think they're honestly two different people, and I think that's why they're cool. I think that they just they're capitalizing on a moment that they had together, but I don't think that they're the same in any ways because so it's re- it's really just that they both had something to say right i think that they're cool i think they're more than cool i think that they're friends i think they're bonded for life i think they are good but to say that they're the same i don't think that they're the same and i think that just even how both of them go about life kevin's a lot more low-key than draymond is just in in general and i think it stops there but i i think that they were just trying to capitalize on a moment and Draymond was trying to get his get it like get his show popping, and also side note, Draymond's really yeah. good at this to the point where I'm really jealous. But he was trying to get his show off, and Kevin is his partner and was trying to help him out. That's it's literally nothing more than that. Last one before I let you go, I'm fascinated by the Kyrie Katie friendship. Where do you think it's going? It depends, man. I think it's in a good place now, but I think there's just so many times where you can just like do the stuff that Kyrie does because my thing is this it feels and this is something that like I tell Kev it feels sometimes a little one-sided when you look at it from afar right where you know Kyrie uh, Kevin always has to answer for Kyrie always has to do all these things and like always has to have Kyrie's back when at least and outwardly is Kyrie gonna have Kevin's back is the biggest question right because Kevin has stuck his neck out a lot for Kyrie when you talk about calling a sitting mayor out by name because of his policy during a time where like vaccinations is a very polarizing issue. It just is. In a city like New York, you call out a mayor to get about a rule that is unfair to your teammate, right? And you take Kyrie's side on a time when Kyrie is not playing basically by choice and not being on the same side as you. I think 
and I'm speaking for myself. I haven't talked. I just think that there just needs to be some reciprocity. You know, that's what it seems like. I think it'll be fine, but a, a good relationship has to have reciprocity. And that remains to be seen in my eyes. Yeah, that's a good point. Best friends do break up. All the time. You know? Beyonce left Destiny's Child. Yeah, we won't, though. You know what I mean? BFS. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, BFS don't be cool all the time. It, actually, it's it's more likely that a BFF will break up and then get stronger and then come back and be friends again. Yeah, maybe they'll find their way back to each other. You know, I'm not rooting for that. I'm kind of, I'm on board with these two now. I, I They're kind of after this. You're all in. You love them. You love them as a tandem. I just love best friends. Friendship is probably my favorite relationship to explore. I feel like we don't talk about it enough. Yeah, man. Also, we don't talk about like relationships in general. Like we don't talk about like, for instance, when Mello left Denver, right? Like... People, like is blamed, but also like I get it. It's almost like you do things for your spouse. Almost like you like right? care about what your spouse thinks. <laughs> like, yeah, he's married to her. Yeah, I mean, Hart Harden and Kyrie are friends, right? Maybe that ship sailed. They were, or I don't know if they are. Who knows? Kevin and James. I think Kevin just let him go to the streets. This is like just just release him to the streets. Just basically the best way I can describe it. Okay. Well, we'll release you to the streets now, too. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. This was awesome. Thank you. I'm just, you know, about to be cold and just chilling in the streets and just vibing and just figuring my way back to the crib. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Shout out, Logan. Shout out both Chris's, our producer, and Chris Ryan. We'll have him back next next week. uh, Talk some playoffs. It's coming up. Two weeks. I'm hyped. Going to be, like, the most exciting playoffs, I think, um, in a while. Come on, real ones. Stop playing. Come on, real one. Stop ducking, real one, Sirit. Stop wow, ducking. Stop being a cat. You always ducking. Stop being a cat. Come All through. Right. Come hang with your, come hang with your right. folks. All right. We'll get it done. Okay. Peace.